podcast. I'm your host, Mind Trip, and the not quite glorious Lord co host, Nat Ryle. <laughs> Love it. And tonight, bringing you the man, the myth, the legend, guest speaker, Stormy. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Good to be here. Yeah, man. Glad to have you. Yeah, definitely glad uh, you joined us because we, we need to get down to these insane gold numbers you have on the server. Is this where I just spill all my secrets right here? Every bit of them. This is it. You're gonna like you're gonna tell us all today, and then that's it. You'll you'll lose the achievement next <laughs> week. It's an inside outland exclusive. I wasn't quite sure if you would come on or not. Um, you kind of seem like a secretive guy, and just a disclaimer to everybody listening: I did not ask him to spill any any top secrets he has. Um, mainly just kind of share his knowledge with us and educate if that uh, includes a few of the secrets he doesn't care to save for himself anymore then then that's great let's get in the news let's do that first before we uh tackle what stormers doing on the server uh they did they did a dev debrief before we started this show and kind of covered a little bit of what we did last week mainly them tackling the lag the most interesting thing that I've, I heard so far, I haven't finished it yet, is Jaden thinks he can remove the time on saves completely. Well, so that's unheard of. I know saves. I was just on another shard a couple of weeks ago and it was 10 second save, something like that. And our shard right now is like one and a half seconds. I'm assuming that would only get worse over time once people get the bigger houses with more shit in the house and more stuff in the game world. He said there's like 1.8 million items in the game. Already? Already. Uh, Over 1,700 players. What else did he say they had? Uh, Like seven, 9,000 accounts, something like that. Some crazy numbers. Uh, They have 50,000 visits per hour to the website, which is why the website was being hammered so bad before they uh, gave it its own server. We all needed some patience, but they fixed lag. The website's running pretty fast now. I think the last thing to get going is the the patch server. How crazy is that, that a 20-year-old game on a private shard is getting that kind of traffic? I think it's unheard of. Well, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I, I don't think they, they realized what community was left in UO. And uh, I think people are pounding the drums. And calling their friends and saying, you know, this is this is legit. It's time to come back and play. Yeah. I liked how Jaden saw saves getting up to a second and a half, which really isn't very long, and then said, "No, this is a problem. Let's just eliminate them entirely." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just insane. Yeah, well, when you're playing, you notice it. You know, you'll get a little hitch, and it's not uh, it's not you. It's the the server saving. Yeah, so. I'm sure the. PVP guys won't complain if he shortens that time. No, not at all. Pretty awesome. They also said they're they're getting classic UO is about to hit their first big milestone. They're, they're calling it their, the alpha milestone when they're ready to actually put a build out for player testing. Uh, that is the next, not really next iteration, but the next thing that's going to replace Orion. It's the uh, C sharp Ultima Online client uh so we might we might be testing that here on outlands here pretty soon 
yeah, in the last episode, Jaden was on and he spoke about that. It sounds promising, but you know, it wasn't quite clear how long it would taste take to get where it needs to be. Yeah, plus I don't care until it has loot grid, which is really far away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's going to take a lot to get people to convert from Steam. <laughs> uh, and then we have all the patch notes. So as long as we have Luthius coding for us, I think we will always have news because there's always going to be a shit ton of patch notes. Unless that guy goes on vacation, then we're screwed. Yeah, I'm not sure he's um, able to go to sleep without patching the server. I wake up at like 6 a.m., 5 a.m., check my phone, and sure enough, I get to read every morning a set of patch notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they put in a jail system, which is kind of neat. Uh, I hope I never have to visit that. Anything else big? Oh, the interior decorating tool. Have you played around with that yet? Is, is, he, is it in-game yet? I think no, it is it's not. It's not in-game yet. Oh, wait, it is in-game yet. It is in-game. It's now for sale on the architect vendors. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the tool. Essentially, you can... You know how, like, when you drag a chest around, sometimes it'll face, like, east, and sometimes it'll face south? Right. So, with the tool... Gives you complete control over the way you rotate um, and change the different axes. You know, you can lift an object up and do some pretty cool stuff with it. But it's just a a better way of um, decorating. Yeah, the other the other big news item I, I saw was that event scripting tool that he's putting in. I don't know what they plan to do with that exactly, but yeah, if and, uh, if it's cool events for us, then bring it. So, on Real Poor 2, I was kind of paying close attention to what Alan was doing. And I'm thinking he used something similar to this. He he called it like a Uber or something. But anyway, he he's a scripting tool and created these events. And one of the problems with his events were once you got over 100 people, it started lagging horribly. So I'm kind of hoping here we're going to see this scripting tool come out for these events and probably be more optimized. So we'll actually get to enjoy some really cool stuff. Yeah. I don't know what they have planned, but it could be cool. The bosses are going to emote and talk to us as they AOE us all down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for example, they could create a boss character and if Owen wanted to control that, that boss, he could, he could just, you know, move them around, chase chase a certain person and ignore aggro and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys went on the, uh, dungeon run with Papa Carl. He, he did a, a guild dungeon run, which, which, which boss did we, did we try? It was the, uh, was it an ossuary? Did, did either of you go? There's a couple of them. The one the other night that I saw was in, uh, Aegis keep. Okay. Yeah. I went to the Aegis keep one. We brought in, I don't know. We were rolling like 20, 20 deep or more and we were just blowing stuff away you know um, dropping demons and dragons and stuff and we got to the boss and we were like you know we had big heads because we just leveled this place at that point so we just basically Leroy Jenkins in there and and just started blasting and that was not the thing to do no you all freaking (laughs) that AOE killed all of you (laughs) that mini boss throughout this AOE as soon as the first person dropped, everybody started running, but it was too late. The AOE makes a cone-shaped blast, and it, it'll kill everybody on the damn screen. So there's definitely a technique there. And what I realized is 
the uh, <laughs> Paul Carl's sighing in the background. But anyway, <laughs> what I realized there is um, this, you know, air quotes in game uh, content is nothing to scoff at. You you need a a plan for these bosses. So. I forget why I brought up this embarrassing story. It was uh, I had a point. I forgot it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of good PVE content that we've yet to kind of figure out and uncover here. Oh, and, and the nail in the coffin was um, we just gave up trying to res because people kept dying and there were some dudes there looting our stuff and we just gave up. But, uh, you know, next time we'll. I think we just need another 20 people <laughs> to get back to recruiting. Yeah, that's the beard brother way. We're, we're going to throw double the numbers at it next time. We're just going to stack up the bodies. <laughs> another mistake was we need to fall back further in res. We rezzed in aggro range, which was really bad. Oh, okay. I'm getting really close to 80 and healing. That takes forever. I think I'm at nice. 76. I'm, I'm really close being able to res. Yeah, if you don't if you don't like sit there and grind it out on two dudes, it takes a while. But even with two dudes, you kind of want to do it in a place where you can kill stuff so you get those bonuses. No, I've kind of decided I'm not macroing. I'm just going to play the game and, and get, get to 100 GM when I get there. Yeah. I mean, the system designed to help you do that. I thought one thing that was really cool, they're doing the donation maps. Wood frame donation maps are available now on the Prevalian market. Um, you can hang those on the wall and see all the bonuses, which kind of is convenient and looks pretty cool. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, maybe they'll expand that with other paintings or something we can put in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of set a goal. Uh, I'm doing the society stuff, trying to get some hues, but it's uh, like 200, 300 society points or whatever. So it's kind of an in-game goal to get that kind of stuff. That's one thing the server has is so many little uh, things you want to go get, achievements, the society stuff, killing these bosses. Yeah, it's been a real problem for me. There's just too many things. <laughs> <laughs> the big house you want to get, uh, all of it's a gold and or time sink. The society stuff's pretty neat, though. I think I, I hit um, 30 points in the last couple days. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, double this week, right? Yeah, I won't get that much next week because I'm doing all the easy stuff. So let's, let's move to Stormy. Stormy, we brought you in here because you are the number one gold hunter on the shard. Tell us everything. <laughs> Tell us, uh, share with us what you're, what's, what's the build you're taking out, I guess. So I started, me and a couple of the people actually kind of formulated this build in the beta. And we weren't really sure if it was the way to go or not. I know uh, a couple of the tamers are running the same build as me. And we thought it would be the best. But on launch... All of my plans besides the build kind of went out the window. I died in the first hour, got murdered by people on mounts when I did not have a mount. It uh, it was it was a struggle at the very beginning. Yeah, because uh, I know we, we took out warriors at the very start of launch. Did you go off and, and do your own thing, or were you... Uh... Yeah, so the plan was to go to the antlions, because they were kind of higher creature difficulty, drop a little bit more gold, level up my pets faster. Um, I thought I should get a horse before I went out there, but I really just wanted to get there quick, so I didn't. And that was a problem, because as soon as I got there, someone was already there. Actually, a whole group of people were already there. And uh, they said no to me being there. <laughs> so they uh, they killed me, and I just spent about 30 minutes trying to kind of get things back together. It was, a, it was a pretty rough start. 
So the answer to two million gold in two weeks is yeah, die in the first hour. Yeah, just don't die in the first hour. That was really kind of the strategy. <laughs> now after that, um, pets kind of got leveled up, kind of got going. Um, some of our other my other spots that I had pre-selected were not as uh, filled with people who were going to kill me. So it worked out a lot better. We got our houses down quicker. I took that entire week off and I pretty much just grinded the entire time. I mean, I've never been, okay, I won't say never, but I haven't been this enthralled by a game in years, maybe since Diablo 3 vanilla. So I was going to bed super late, getting like four hours sleep, waking up, getting right back into grinding. Just couldn't, couldn't put it down. Did you take time off work? Yeah, I took the took the whole week off. That whole first week, I had I have a little bit more time, but I kind of have to spread it for some holiday stuff. But yeah, uh, tried to make the most of that holiday week I had. I, I really expected people to catch up with me after that, but seeing people not catch up has kind of fueled it even more to keep going. And so you know, I'm coming home for lunch, getting thirty minutes in, stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've made fifty-five thousand gold. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a little bit more than a house. It's a good start. Yeah, so I got my first house. Mind trip pitied me and paid me a house for doing this podcast with them <laughs> for for ten thousand gold. So I have two houses and fifty-five, six, uh, six thousand gold. Uh, I, I wasn't able to take off a uh, week of work. I'm also fighting the uh, how to even play this damn game. Which I've, I think I've overcome some. Yeah, it's that's insane numbers. The amount of gold you're bringing in. So, what's your per hour? You think? Um, so it really kind of depends. If I can get the dungeons to myself, my I have a couple of ideal spots I like to go to just because my pet combo kind of works the best there, and the mob type. I've just got kind of a rhythm going in those places. But it's probably between twenty five and thirty thousand an hour, but that's just raw gold. That's not counting, you know, regents or any of the other miscellaneous stuff that drops or gems even actually. What's some of the best drops you've seen? Uh the best thing you can get to drop, um yeah, skill balls are worth a lot. Um we have a topic cover later about those, but yeah, people are selling those way too cheap right now. Um so if you see them for like fifteen K, I would buy them. Um, and don't sell them for 15k. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty rare. What, uh, what's the skill ball? Eight. So it increases your overall skill cap by one uh, for each one that you use. So your natural skill cap is 700 points, and then you use one of those, and it goes to 701, or all the way up to a maximum of 720. Is that the same thing as the like the herding scroll or the anatomy scroll or whatever that that does like a specific skill? No, so the skill ball is kind of like just your global skill cap. Like you can have a combination of 700 total skill points, and that raises up to you know, up to 720 at the most if you use 20 skill balls. The individual scrolls just raise those the limit of those skills up by one, so you can get a total of you know 120 taming. Even if you only had a 700 skill cap, you would just have to sacrifice points in other areas. So okay. you need the skill balls before the scrolls. Uh, you don't necessarily need them before, um, but you're going to be losing out on skills in other areas if you don't raise your overall skill cap. Right. Okay. I didn't realize you needed two things. Yeah. That's going to be pricey getting to 720 then. Yeah. They're, uh, they're actually cheap now. I'd buy them now if you find them for 15. Do, do you mind sharing what 
pants you started with? Uh, so I started with a Rockar just because it has 75 armor and um, seems like the higher armor you get, it doesn't kind of have diminishing returns. It just keeps reducing damage. So if you just stack armor, even on that starting pet, I actually used it all the way up to GM taming and it worked well. And even at level 10, it doubled as a pack mule because it can hold 50, 50 stones <laughs> worth of weight. So it was pretty nice going through dungeons with that thing, especially if I thought I was going to die. Just throw some gold on that guy. No one ever... I never checked him. Uh, so about where are those at? So the easiest place to get it is the starter dungeon, just because you're not going to have to deal with people um, attacking you. or I mean, they'll still kill the thing you're trying to tame. That's never going to stop. You're just going to have to deal with that. But uh, the easiest place is definitely the starter dungeon. Uh, there are also some in Mount Petrum, but they're a little bit harder. So me and Natral spent a lot of time in the starter dungeon and I just realized something today. We kept dying. We were fighting our way through there very slowly, killing everything along the way. And that's just a bad recipe sometimes when there's too many mobs around. But today, I just ran in there, ran fast as hell. My pets just followed. I went straight to the cave bears and started taming and shed all that aggro. You know, I've got just enough hiding on there. I can pop, pop aggro off pretty quick. But, um, yeah, just run in there to get what you're going to get, and it's a lot better. That was actually part of my uh, launch strategy, is I found that cave bear area where if you ran straight there, you could kind of drop all your aggro and then kind of circle around, tame the wolves and whatnot. Uh, that, yeah. that also went out the window because uh, the lag of launch, which I wasn't sure how bad it was going to be, but it pretty much completely prevented me from doing that. Yeah, <clears throat> the lag got worse a couple days later, but it wasn't too bad at launch. Maybe in that first area. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but I kept when I was doing all this testing, it was in you know low slash no lag environments, so everything just worked. Um, I, it, even with a little bit of lag, it didn't work because it took you longer to get there. Mobs chased you for longer and stuff like that. Okay, so this is what I think is the most asked question on the forums. I mean, on the disc- uh, official Discord, I've heard. And I'll let you explain it. You can explain it better than me. Um, Are you about to ask me to buy you a house? Passing passing the passive taming points. How do they work? Okay. So in text, it's kind of, it seems like it's convoluted or hard to explain, but it's actually not that bad. So every time you use animal taming to try and tame an animal and you gain a point, you also gain a point in passive animal taming. And at any point, you can check and see how many points in passive taming you have by using animal lore on one of your own pets, and it'll tell you at the very bottom. Um, and animal taming or uh, passive taming is really important because it's when you kill a monster, you can, I guess, uh, sometimes when you kill the monster, it'll give you just point one in taming. So it kind of doubles your progress in a way if you do everything right. Um, tame an animal, get point one, kill something, get another point one and pretty much do that for each block of taming. Are you doing it in 0.1 increments? I heard you do 2.5 passive or, you know, taming and killing. And then you do 2.5, taking your, your tames out and killing mobs. Yeah. So what you want to do is the first block of taming. So like 50 would be the beginning of a block, uh, tame as much as you can until you go stir crazy, ideally up to like 52.5. Um, and then go out and kill everything and get up to 55. And the reason you want to do that 
is you have the lowest success chance of taming something at 50, if it's a 50 minimum required taming. And so you're not going to tame it as often, and therefore you'll be able to get more gains off that one animal instead of you know, searching for more and more animals. Because if you tame it on you know, first or second try each time, it's going to take you much longer to actually raise the skill up. Right, you have to kill it and then go find another animal. At low skill levels, you can gain a lot of points off failed taming on one. I think it doesn't uh, matter. Doesn't matter how low your chance to tame is. You always have a chance to gain the same as any other, uh, no matter what your success rate is. So the lower chance you have to tame it, actually, the better it is for you to gain skill. So I, I've I've seen uh I've seen two taming guides. One one had you focus on dungeon tames, and one was kind of more lean towards taming out in the wild. What's kind of your preferred way to do this to find so, your tame mobs? The best that I found was place i would get uh i guess i wouldn't get harassed as much or people trying to attack what i was taming because that's people it's like flies it's people just love to do that so any place you can find with no one else around that's where you want to go whether that's overland or in a dungeon i have some ideal places um if you want me to run through that real quick for 50 you want to do bears and rock ours wolves in the new player dungeon it's that one's pretty easy that's kind of a gimme 55 is actually also really easy sand crabs on beaches uh, they're pretty remote you're really unlikely to get bothered there 60 is the cave bear which is also on shelter island in the dungeon uh, just talking about that earlier it's also in petrum level one but that one's a little bit uh, you're probably gonna get harassed if you go to that one 65 is the carrion beetle also in the new player dungeon it's also in mausoleum level two i really don't recommend going into that dungeon people are constantly running by you're gonna be have spawn on you all the time i see people in there trying to tame those all the time and it, i feel for them because <laughs> it's got to be awful uh 70 is the scarabs in the desert there's a spawn with two of them it's really nice 75 are drake whelps in the mountains west of uh horseshoe bay for overland and then if you want to get into a dungeon there's nucero has a ton of drake whelps in it as well uh 80 is wolfhounds also west of horseshoe bay there's a town with three of them on the outskirts so they're really easy to get to all three spawns 85 is drakes in those same mountains where the drake whelps are there's also drakes that are with them and you can also just go to nucero and tame pretty much anything at that skill level and uh some things won't be minimum taming requirement but you'll you'll still get a ton of gains 90 is husk crab there are not that many of these but they're found on a beach below Prevalia, and um, I think there's four spawns of them. But they are aggressive, but the spawn around them isn't too bad, so it's pretty easy to deal with. And then 95 is dragons, which there are some overland spawns of them, but you're pretty much your best bet is to go to New Sarah for those. Yeah, that sounds like a long grind. It's yeah, it, it's not terrible, but it's not short. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I had the patience for that. I'm going to try it. I haven't tried this yet. I'm definitely curious on because I, I see you dump stats into them, which is something unique to this shard, right? Where you actually can level up your your tames and give them adjust which stats you put in them. Yeah, you get to kind of pick and choose what you want. It's it's a really customized system. Taming and other places, you you just have the pets fight stuff and they kind of gradually level like a player does. Um, but here you they actually get experience from stuff that you kill, which is really cool. And you level up what you want to level up and kind of focus on where you want to. So if you want them to have, you know, more decks or whatever, you can you can prioritize that. So let's say you've tamed a bunch of stuff at 50 and you've killed them and you're at 52.5. And do you have, do you get fresh tames 
and then kill things for two and a half points and level them up? Or do you have, are you able to keep mobs or keep tames stashed and use them for the two and a half skill gain? I got, I'm not making sense, but I'm trying to think of like, would you level up your rock guards and then stable them and bring them out again for the 55 to fit the 60 grind? Yeah. So what you, what you want to do is get, take the time to get a solid kind of starting group of pets, whatever that is. Mine was a rock R and four familiars. Um, but whatever you want to start with as make sure you're like, they have good stats. You can animal lore them before you tame them. Uh, make sure they have the stats that you want for melee. You want damage, wrestling decks, um, casters you want majory eval and actually decks as well but yeah get a good starter pets uh get your 2.5 taming and then continue using them for a while they, they gain experience faster for the lower level pets but not fast enough that you really would just want to replace them constantly uh, it's better that you keep the, the group that you have for a while until you get to a level maybe like 60 for imps um that it's going to be pretty pretty big DPS increase or survivability increase. So I'm using a rock uh, level ten rock guar and four level ten uh, familiars. You, you think I should dump those familiars? Uh, change out the familiars once you get to imps for sure. But uh, yeah, they'll they'll actually last you a good while at level ten for sure. Yeah, yeah. How long did it take them to get to level ten? So the lower level pets, it's kind of a one-to-one. If you, and that's, this is kind of a tip for farming. Um, if you animal lore a creature, it tells you it's monster difficulty. That's a really important number. It's a factor in loot, uh, all kinds of different equations with like barding, experience gain for pets or aspect even. So that's going to apply to pretty much everyone. And it's pretty much a one-to-one for those lower level pets for experience to creature difficulty. So they level up pretty quick. But the higher level pets, they only get a fraction of that. So it's a little bit slower. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, getting a full set of lower level teams, level 10, it just kind of depends on the, the creatures you're killing, the creature difficulty that you're killing, how fast you're killing them. Uh, I don't remember how long it took me. I'm sure it was a few hours at least. You do switch out your your set of five or three or four pets, however much your control limit lets you have every uh, 10, 20 levels or so. Yeah, 20 levels is about right. It's kind of the the DPS gain makes it worth it. There's a spreadsheet with all of the tame creatures in the game and kind of roughly what their output is. You can see it's not exact, but it, it'll give you a good idea. Um, I, ch- I changed to imps just because it was seems like the next logical upgrade going from familiars to imps. Um, they're at 60 taming. And then from there, I went to searing imps. Really, really unique. <laughs> uh, 20 taming later. And then from there to... <laughs> Aegis imps. So pretty much sticking to the imps for now, just because uh, I found that the ranged casters just give me more flexibility in dungeons, even if my template is kind of geared more to having melee pets. Okay, so you're uh, you have one melee and four four uh, mage ones. Yeah, so I have the one melee. He's the tank. He uh, hopefully absorbs all the damage. Sometimes it doesn't always go that way, but he hopefully absorbs all the damage, and then the Ranged pets are free to just lay waste to everything. Um, there are tons of... All the mobs in here have unique attacks, unique abilities. It, it makes it really interesting. I, I think they said there's something like 1% of the population is red. I think that's because everyone's finding uh, PVM so interesting. But yeah, the, the mobs have unique abilities. A lot of them are point-blank AoEs. 
And so I found that having the imps kind of uh, is a way to get around that, get around those abilities entirely. It's just to have those kind of safe in the back. And, and you can control which pet runs in to get aggro, which pet hangs back. Yeah, so you can kind of, if you're really careful, you can always control the situation. That's really what you should be trying to do as a tamer, is make sure what you want to be taking damage is is the tank pet, and that you and your imps are not taking any damage. So you always send the tank pet in first. Um, actually give it a second, because sometimes monsters aren't completely locked on right then. In fact, when you tell it to go in and kill, they're actually locked on to you. So some, don't, don't run in with it. Let the tank pet go in, hit it a couple times, and then... Uh, chasing after it and start whacking on the monsters. So do you recommend people go up to 120 taming? Yeah, right now, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not there yet. I know there is at least one person who is. Um, but right now, I'm at 111.3. It seems like most of the pets above 100 are kind of prestige pets. They do a little bit more damage, but mostly they're kind of flashy. Like a phoenix at 120, that's going to be pretty cool. But is it really going to make you farm a ton faster? I actually think a Phoenix would be a downgrade from my current setup. So I'm debating not going to 120 at all, but we'll just have to see. I'm kind of hopeful that maybe maybe some of the pets at the upper end of the spectrum will get buffed. But for the other tamers who are kind of looking at the price of taming scrolls, saying, do I want to spend you know maybe a million plus gold getting all the scrolls to get to 120 lore, 120 taming? Uh, don't, you don't need to do that. It's You will farm just as effectively at 100 taming as you will at 120 right now. So your stable slots are based on your animal lore, correct? Yes. So you will get a couple more stable slots, but um, I think there's a couple. You could do uh, definitely a melee group of pets and then a ranged group of pets. And so even, you know, with one, I guess, 113 lore that I have now, I don't, I filled it up, but I, there's so much I could get rid of that I really haven't needed all the slots anyway. Yeah. All right. We have a question from Twitch. Uh, do you upgrade in a balanced fashion or dump a lot of points into one or two stats? So, yeah. So when you upgrade pets, the first five clicks, I guess if you want to call it that, are one for one. You get 30 points when you upgrade a pet. And uh, the first five clicks, you get uses one point. And then after that, it starts using double. Um, so it's more costly to kind of dump everything into one stat. For pretty casters or melee, um, you always want to go at least five clicks into everything that's going to help your damage. So Dex, Majory, Eval, at least five clicks into all of those. Um, for the lower level pets, you want to max Majory after that, and then surprisingly Dex. And then for melee pets, it really just depends on what scales the best. Some pets have really low wrestling, um, and it's percentage-based, the upgrades. So you kind of may want to lean more towards damage and Dex on those rather than uh, putting everything in the wrestling, but yeah, always a balanced approach. And then the throwaway points kind of max, whatever skill is best for that particular pet that will scale the best. It just kind of depends on the pet at that point. And we, we had another question too. So you mentioned the upgrade for your amps. What's the next upgrade after Rockgar? So there are a couple, I really don't like the two slot pets. I see a lot of tamers using like scarabs and stuff like that and uh, using those as tanks. And I really wanted to stay away from that as long as I could. I wasn't entirely sure if I'd be able to get away with the one slot pet for the entire way, um, but it turns out I could. So I did not upgrade the Rockar until GM taming and I got an Aegis Scorpion um, 
just because it had 75 base armor, 100 base magic resist, and then I thought the poison would be pretty good, um, but I think I uh, overestimated the poison damage. Oh, wow. So you took him all the way to GM? Yeah, the Rockar last me all the way to GM, and I thought he'd kind of be my weakness, but uh, no, he he does heal up really well, actually, the whole way. Maybe maybe too well, even. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like maybe uh, that might get balanced later. We'll see. There's another guy in the guild that's using him, and he took he took him all the way to GM Taman, and he said that, you know, the hit points aren't terribly high, but there's so much armor there with a few hills you can really keep them going. Yeah, when I was I was still uh, using the Rockar when my I think my vet was even GM at that point because um, I GM'd it well before taming, and I would bandage him for something like over two thirds of his health in one go, and so he would kind of spike all over the place but survive because you know he had 140 armor or whatever it was okay we got another question from papa carl <laughs> it's a good one uh did i make a mistake going peace dexter if i want to make money no not at all um there are so many and that's actually something that outlands has done so well is there is you you're gonna see a lot of certain templates like summoners but there is so much diversity in templates you can choose to be able to access content um, on other servers and kind of goes into at least maybe a little bit of theory why i think people kind of got tired of tamers or did you know how to dislike for tamers is that tamer, tamers were the uh, template that you went for if you wanted to access all the content like if you want to kill the Balron solo you had one option but in outlands it's a lot different there are so many different skills you can utilize different synergies you can utilize to kill any level of content you know the biggest stuff to the smallest stuff and the peace dexter is one of those things that does work it's a little riskier than some of the other ones like tamers or summoners um but it'll get the job done you just kind of have to wait to land that piece uh on the the high-end creature and then maybe take like something like parry just to survive until you land it yeah kind of waiting for your clutch piece to go off and then well on the damn thing yeah but uh, and pretty kite. much just stun so it's it's pretty good it'll It'll definitely work the farm you build. I've seen a lot of successful uh, peace dexers out in the dungeons. Yeah, uh, you know, I play in our, in our central time zones. So I don't see a lot of the guys that are on later on at night, but we got a guy that runs around at Korg. He's a peace dexer, and that guy just uh, terrorizes dungeons with us. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, dexers do good damage, so if you can uh, stay alive, it's, it's pretty good. So I've heard some people um, give peacemaking a bad rent but if you've got gm peace and um use the magical instrument to to boost that skill up you can probably be a lot more successful in those higher end dungeons um some people have said it's a it's a mid-level skill but you know with a few tweaks you can get it up a little higher there See, I think it's I think it's a very much a high level skill you you really do need it to be higher level and you if you're going to fight higher end stuff, you pretty much have to have a magical instrument just because it's almost a one to one for success chance, you know, for each um, magical effect on the instrument. So, you know, a plus 10 instrument is basically plus 10% chance to piece a monster. So it's it's pretty crucial. Um, but yeah, you, it's more of an in game kind of a build. I think you're going to struggle early on with it, but that's why I think you take things like parry, magic resist, stuff like that, just to survive until you can land one of the abilities. Yeah, I think it's getting a bad rap because it's it's popular. It's easy to build up. It's kind of fun to play. It's cheap. 
it's not maybe as grindy as working all the mobs taming. You're, you're in the dungeon actually fighting things as you do it. So it, it, it's, it's probably a popular early or first first build. That's it, kind of what I'm doing with it anyways, is doing the, the Dexter, and I'll move into either a summoner or a uh, tamer. When you're at the lower levels, you have you know you have 700 skill points. Make use of them. You can find other supplementary skills just to to boost your own survivability or damage or whatever until you you know get higher up, and then you can fight the higher end stuff with higher piece and then drop camping or whatever that you picked up along the way. Yeah, and, and Rex makes a good point too. The issue with piece is that there's not PvP viability with it once you uh, add the bard skills in. Yeah, um, there's. With all the new, you know, PVM changes, all the monster changes that Luthius has done, um, it really kind of lets you expand into realms where you realize, okay, I just built a character that is a monster in dungeons, but if someone attacks me, I'm pretty dead. Um, I think that's across the board, though. I don't think that's just Beast Texas. Yeah, so you got a lot of kills, too, don't you? You have people coming in trying to get that gold you're earning. I think... Uh... I forget what your numbers are. Is there is there a stat number in the uh, achievements? Are you referring to killing other people or? Yes. Yeah. Uh, isn't your number for players killed pretty high? No, no, no. I've I've actually not attacked anyone blue and very few grays. Um, it's actually kind of a tip for people who are starting out trying to. I guess one of the tips for making gold is if you see someone in a dungeon. And, you know, it's not like Ossuary where there's 14 million people. It just doesn't matter anyway. Chances are you're going to see them again in the same dungeon later. Like, they've picked that spot because you've picked that spot for a reason. So just because they went criminal, they accidentally looted something, doesn't mean you have to attack them. And oftentimes, if you're just courteous to them, polite to them, you even share the loot off a monster. I do that all the time with people that start attacking what I'm attacking. Um, you'll find that people aren't going to just dry loot you the second you accidentally turn gray. So I've, I've actually been real passive in terms of fighting other players. Okay, I, I hear you. But I guess I heard that you've killed a lot of players. I mean, not not uh, maliciously. It's just that because you're so active and out doing your thing, you're, you're a hard man to take down. <laughs> that's, that's definitely not true. Uh, now now <laughs> you're, just, you're just giving people something to shoot for now. <laughs> okay. Um, I was I was grouped with a streamer the other day, and we were in Ossuary for the skill game because he had just started late. Um, and I was kind of helping him out, and we were just getting grief left, right, and center. It was bad. It was the worst gold per hour I've ever seen. I tried to explain that to him, but he was dead set on the, the skill game chance. But yeah, someone went gray because they, they he died, and they looted him, and I chased that guy down and killed him, and then uh, his friend kind of did the same thing. He was gray. I chased him and killed him. But for the most part, that's that's most of the PvP I've been involved in so far. I've tried to make as many friends as I could and less enemies, just because, like I said before, you're going to see those same people in the same dungeon all the time. And I'd rather they, at most, be neutral, if not friendly. Yeah, th- that's the stance I've had anyways playing so far, is I'm not going to really mess with you until, until you come mess with me first. But then again, I'm not. I think I've won one fight, <laughs> so yeah. I'm I'm not done as much as you are either. So yeah, and also all it's all off though, man. Someone turns gray in there. There's there's no friends. There's only enemies. Yeah, I've died. I've died <laughs> yeah. uh, accidentally turning gray several times in there. 
Yeah, it's no joke. You go graze somewhere and just it's like they just detect you. I do think the accidental graze are better now that some changes have been made. It doesn't happen to me quite as much. Yeah, you gotta be really careful about it. It's uh something I'm kinda worried about. I think they said that in a dev interview today that it's so easy to accidentally loot a corpse that isn't your you don't have looting rights to it and turn gray. Um, I don't really know if a good way to fix that, but it's something that a new player would definitely find pretty jarring when they accidentally looted, you know, some nightshade and then got pummeled by 14 people. All right, let's move into some other other topics we have here. What about the economy? What should we be selling? What should we be keeping? I think you mentioned one thing, and that was the 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 skill balls. Do you have yeah. else you want to If you find the skill orb, like I see so many people run to uh, the sell channel, the buy sell channel, and just say, you know, want to sell at 15k. Every time I see that, if I if I'm on, I'm buying it. Those are going to go up in price so much in the very near future. The real, I guess, big benefit that I had of grinding so much early is that I kind of see the rarity of things, and kind of that helps me judge their value. And the skill balls, everyone is going to need them. The demand is going to be super high all the time, and they are ultra rare. I think I found. I found two today, which is the most I've. It was, it was shocking to me, um, but I think I've found ten since I've started here. They're they're very rare. Yeah. So just tell like if, if they, I want a five million house, let's say I want a five, the five million gold house. So by the time I have enough gold for that, I'll have twenty skill balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, that's that's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would hang on to those and buy them up at the price that they're selling at now. Some of the stuff you should be keeping are things like dungeon cloth, uh, dungeon boots that are a certain color. I've seen a decent amount of cloth drops, um, maybe 20, but getting enough to make something and getting all you know the same type is going to be really hard to do. And so early on, people were, so, were selling that for 3 to 5K, maybe even 10K, and I, I snagged all of those up too just because that's that's going to go up so much in price. I, I wouldn't even sell those right now if if I were you. Yeah, so when I was talking about earlier, if you animal lore a creature, you'll get that creature difficulty. You you should always know the stuff you're fighting and what difficulty it is roughly at all times, just because it's going to help you judge you know, the damage you're going to get from it, how long it's going to take to kill, and then what loot it's going to drop. It's also going to tell you how hard it is going to be to piece it or or whatever, how much experience it's going to give you. But yeah, that's kind of what that number is showing, is the creature, raw creature difficulty that's been killed. Not Not actual creatures, but the creature difficulty. Okay. Uh, so what about, um, we get a lot of loot. We get a lot of magic items. Which which magic items do we keep? Which ones do we toss? Uh, which ones are, are just really rare? So this is how I do it. And I'm, I know people are going to do it way differently because it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on, you know, demand as well. But if I spend, you know, 30 minutes, I get 30K. What items dropped in that time? Uh, definitely not a skill ball most times. So I think a skill ball is actually worth more than 30,000 gold to me because I'm never going to get that in that amount of time. So it's kind of how much time you spend in a dungeon, how much gold you earn doing that, and your likelihood of seeing that item in that time. It doesn't work perfectly for everything. And there's you know different supply and demand factors to take into consideration. But um, skill ball should definitely you hold on to. Cloth, hold on to. I think... I'm on the fence on skill scrolls, um, especially with the ones that aren't as in demand, because I just don't know with things like treasure maps and stuff where they're kind of common, if they're ever going to really see a huge increase in value. 
taming scrolls, I think, are at an all-time high right now. So sell those. And I'm not just plugging for me because I'm almost capped out on that. <laughs> but I would probably <laughs> probably ditch those now where they're going for like anywhere from 25 to 40k each. I don't think they're going to stay there just because uh, 120 taming is really not super beneficial. Uh, okay, so aspect gear. Do you have any yet? Yeah, so I got my weapon made and I was super pumped for it. And I went out and I'm killing stuff and it's got a really low proc rate. That's okay because I'm just glued to my screen waiting for it to happen. And then my pets are going to do a million damage and it's going to be the best thing ever. And then what happened was I was fighting an Eldritch Dragon and it proc'd finally. And then the Eldritch Dragon one shot my tank pet. (laughs) And I thought, that's not how this is supposed to go. I did not envision this. Um, so <laughs> command is actually bugged right now. And the proc makes your, or supposed to make your pets do hundred percent increased damage. But the reality is um, it either makes monsters do hundred percent increased damage, or it makes your pets take hundred percent increased damage. One of the two <laughs> um, in the last 60 seconds. So it's, uh, it's kind of awful at the moment because it's, <laughs> I want to grind up the experience with it. But at the same time, every time it procs, it's like, okay, well, hit the deck <laughs> it's about to get dicey um yeah it's gonna be a grind uh like i mentioned before monsters have a creature difficulty value um you get about a seventh of that towards your experience and aspect so if you kill um a 35 difficulty creature you get about seven experience or less six experience and it's you'd need 500 for the first level and a thousand for the second level. I've just reached a second level, but I haven't actually upgraded yet, so I don't know if it doubles or just goes up to 1500. But it, it's going to be a late green grind for sure. And so while you may kind of be um, super enthusiastic about rushing to get it, uh, just understand that it starts slow. Uh, the benefits are are kind of weak at the beginning, and then it ramps up uh, to be pretty powerful at the end. But you're not going to reach that end very fast. It's it's a grind. Yeah, so an end game type of thing. Yeah, 100% end game. Don't feel like you have to rush and get it just because other people are already leveling it up. It's it's a slow burn on that one. Um, and also, it's it costs you know resources to maintain it. It has charges. You have to sacrifice essentially magical gear to re- replenish the charges. And then if you die, you lose some of the charges, and then it's not blessed for a while. So, kind of ends the grind for 24 hours or so. But uh, yeah, don't don't try and spend all your gold on it. Don't you know sacrifice a house to to get it. Um, make sure you're kind of in a self-sustaining place before you go after it. Um, just because it's going to continue to cost you gold and resources to maintain it. Yeah, or have to deal with a a bug that works the opposite of how it should. Yeah, when it one shot my pet, I was pretty floored. I was <laughs> I was I was not. I don't know. That was not what I was looking for there. I was looking for the dragon to flop over. Yeah, the the aspect gear is definitely interesting. I mean, it's one of the few things in the game that you can wear and use to help your combat ability that's actually blessed. Uh, I was only blessed one time a day. So, you know, it's on you if you take it out a second time or a third time, I guess. Someone like you that's grinding this much, are you going to have multiple sets of aspect gear uh yes 100 percent um so your aspect level is kind of tied to your character and not to the gear or the weapon or anything like that so if you lose your weapon you're not going to lose all that experience you grinded or whatever um so i'll absolutely have multiple sets just because eventually i'll have built up enough resources to make them i just got enough resources to make a full set of armor but i haven't done that yet kind of holding off until uh hopefully the, the bug is fixed with it so i'm not, it's not as scary to use it <laughs> 
uh, that's crazy. So your your leveling with it is character, not uh, not the gear. Yeah, it's it's all tied to your character, which I think is really cool. In fact, all of the aspect stuff is tied to your character. Um, I, th- I think it's to make the pain if you are to lose some of it, you know, less just less painful. Just if you were to lose that spear after grinding level ten, after I don't know how many hours that would take. It's going to take so many. It it would be pretty heartbreaking. So they've tied the entire progression system to your character. So okay, you lose your weapon, it sucks, but you can get another one. You're still going to have level whatever aspect and kind of get back out there and pick up where you left off and you can see your level. If you go to help, there's a giant menu with everything there and kind of right in the middle is aspect mastery. And then there you can kind of go through and see all of the effects, you know, what level you are, stuff like that. Okay. We got a question from Rex too. Why did you go with the weapon first instead of armor? Yeah, that was a mistake clearly. So uh, <laughs> I, went, I went for the weapon first because of the special effect chance, the inspiration. Um, it only says it's a 0.5% chance, but I thought, okay, you know, I don't really know how many times I'm swinging per fight, how many per run. I don't know how much this is going to go off, but 60 seconds seems like a long time for my pets to do the double damage. So I thought that was going to be the way to go versus the kind of the passive increase that the armor gives you. It's a much smaller percentage, but it's always there. Um, I'd have to say, and, and just weapons are, I think in every game, kind of like, they're just sexier. You always want to get the weapon first because, you know, armor's fine, but I want to hit something in the face. And what am I doing that with? It's a spear. So uh, I went with the weapon first, but if I were to do it over again, uh, especially with the, the bug in place, I would I would go armor. Uh, so the question from uh, Twitch here, what, what's your temp? I don't understand the question. I'm trying to clarify that now. My template, probably? Okay, so... Animal lore, animal taming, and this is what most people throws most people off. Arms lore, uh, fencing, herding, and then majory up to seventy, and then veterinary. Um, seventy majory. I know some other tamers are going healing, but that kind of doubles up with your vet timer, and I don't like that. Um, the majory is more about reducing damage or not taking it at all, and then pinch heals. So magic reflect is just a lifesaver for. Uh, casting mobs, because like I said, once you send your pet in, they aggro onto you first. And a lot of times, even if you move around a corner, they're getting one spell off. But if they only get one spell off, all they're doing is eating up the magic reflect, which I can just put right back on. So it's more about kind of reducing incoming damage entirely than healing it back up. And on this server, casting gate isn't very important for a tamer, huh? No, your pets will follow you with recall, um, and they'll follow you with camping too. So you don't need gate at all. Uh, so the 70 majory is just to make sure fifth level spells never fail. And which fifth are you using? Uh, magic reflect, anything else? Uh, magic armor and then greater heals, uh, wall of stone. If you're an ossuary and people are trying to drag stuff on you <laughs> and then teleport. If you're also an ossuary and trying to go through all those, uh, one tile corridors that are. Oh, like yes. Cool. And, and Phoenix says, God, you sound like a loot pinata. Uh, yes, all the time. If you see me, no matter where I am, I always have 14,000 gold on me. <laughs> uh, we got another question. What are your stats since you're taking Majory? How are you balancing decks? And- yes, yeah, so I've debated dropping a little bit of decks to pick up more int just to pick up like another greater heal because there are situations where I really come close to dying and I could use the extra mana, but I'm going 100 strength, 100 decks. 25 in like a pure dexter stat uh setup um but i'm running mostly leather armor except for the chest which i'm using 
Um, anything from ring to plate. It gives me a ton of AR. doesn't hurt my med too much. But oftentimes, I'm able to cast two greater heals and then and not very long a third one if I need it, which I do sometimes. But so far, it's been good with just the 25 in. Can you actively meditate in, like, ring mail, chain mail? Uh, I have zero med, so I don't actively meditate ever. But right. um, the meditation, there's, if you, there's a, ah, I don't have it handy, but there's a post that kind of goes over the details of how armor affects your meditation rates. And the higher end armor, like plate mail, chain mail, hurts it a lot more than leather. So right. even though I only have the 25 int and the 25 mana, uh, wearing leather kind of offsets that a little bit. And I'm able to recover mana decently quick, even with zero med. So I think what we're going to do is in, the, in our show notes, we'll have uh, your build in there. And if people want to reference the show, they can go see it. Sure. Yeah, I can send you a screenshot or something. Yeah, if you don't mind. This is something we haven't done in any of the podcasts so far. And uh, there's probably a few new new people listening. So I was just wanting to know, do you have any um, I wish I would have known tips for uh, new players? Um, yeah. So you have 700 skill points. You're going to start with only a few of them. Uh, train everything. Just everything up you can hit 700 skill points in 30 minutes just because you have a little bit of every skill. And most things are going to help you, um, even if they're a 50 or lower skill, they're going to provide some benefit. Um, camping is always going to give you more carry weight. It's always going to give you more damage. It's kind of a linear scaling ability. So turn on tracking, start hunting with tracking. That gives you a damage boost. Um, just basically do everything you can to get to the 700 skill point cap because pretty much anything you take is going to be beneficial to you. So don't just... Don't just sit at the you know 300, 400 skill points leveling up what you perceive as your in-game template. Uh, you can drop skills later. And, and those tend to ramp up your stats faster too, right? Oh yeah, camping camping alone will pretty much raise everything to whatever you want pretty quick. Okay, we got a couple rapid fires from Owen here. Uh, why'd you wait so long to buy a house? Um, yeah, so... I got to about the 400k mark. I thought, okay, this has been a pretty good grind. Surely I can buy like a castle or something now, right? So I bought the house placement tool, opened it up, saw the prices, jaw kind of hit the floor. Thought, oh, I can get a house with one more secure with 400k or whatever it was. So I said, all right, well, we're going to extend this a little bit. And then I found a house I really wanted for about a million. Thought, okay, perfect, because that does an achievement as well. So we'll go for that one. And that was kind of my goal. For, for that. Okay. Is that a vendor house? No, it's it, I mean it could be. It's a little bit off the moon gate, but right now it's not a vendor house. It's yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. I was wondering if you were turning that into a vendor house. Yeah, no, houses are expensive. They're they're investments. And while you can get, yeah, I think it's like ninety percent of it back, even selling it to a vendor. Um I didn't really want to lose that 10%, especially on something I thought I was probably gonna upgrade within a pretty short while anyway, given that I was able to farm pretty decently and and kind of tying into that question too and you mentioned this a little bit earlier but is uh the reason why you went this route with so so much heavy grinding is did you find the leaderboards motivating and that's why you kept going yeah so initially it was just kind of like uh i didn't i didn't expect it at all um to be on the top of the gold earned or anything like that um but i noticed during the initial push for our second house for weird brothers that i was i think second or first and that kind of ignited something where i'm like okay like i didn't expect that but 
you know, let's compete now. Let's see if how long I can maintain this. And so that kind of, you know, the initial gold grind, just the need for gold for a new house, gold for everything was a big motiv- uh, motivator. But then also seeing leaderboards was maybe even a bigger motivator than the gold. I know oftentimes in dungeons, I'm thinking, I really don't care if I die with some of this gold because it's already reflected on the leaderboards. So in some ways, I do kind of care more about that than the actual gold <laughs> in the bank. It's kind of yeah. sad, but I don't know. It's yeah, I love it. Uh, I just this, love the is the, uh, this is the modern gamer, you know. Yeah. Pretty much. Modern gamer and UO twenty years later, basically. <laughs> uh, and then his last question, or one of his last, he keeps asking him, uh, if you could change one thing about Outlands, what would it be? Oh man, that's a rough one. I can't. I guess the easiest thing is just to make command work. Um, oh man, that's a tough question. I was not ready for that. Okay, we'll ask his next one. I would. Okay, I would, the one thing I would change about Outlands is maybe a more streamlined upgrade path for houses i'm still kind of floored just i think people are gonna see how the housing prices and kind of i don't know their eyes are gonna go wide and i think it's i think maybe the carrot is too far out there for them um to keep chasing and so maybe i don't know it's kind of it's probably too late now i guess but housing prices maybe just a little bit too high for for some of the middle stuff the high-end stuff being you know 40 million or whatever is fine but uh, okay, his last question. Uh, when can we expect your crafting empire to take off? Oh, man. So I was on the fence about this for all of beta because I've always kind of been the crafting guy. I did actually very little PvE, almost no PvP, just made a GM of every crafting profession and then got vendor malls everywhere. And in fact, on IPY2, it was so competitive that people wouldn't want to buy from me because my vendors were everywhere. So I leveled up a second crafter to GM Blacksmith that no one knew about. So I was competing with myself and no one knew it. So I could have more vendor malls. I was, I was all about the crafting, but uh, going in, I thought, you know, like um, my job that I have now is much more time consuming. Uh, I don't really have it in me to sit there and hit a mountain for eight hours a day. I can't do it. Like I, I really enjoy killing monsters ever since I made the tamer on UAC two. So I, if I make crafters, which I did make one, it's pretty much going to be stuff where I can just kind of buy the materials like alchemy or inscription, which I GM'd the other day. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go crazy with making a blacksmith and carpenter and tailor, which I've heard tailoring is a pretty, pretty rough grind. Yeah. You kind of fell right into his second part of that question was, well, you use your wealth to uh, fund your empire, which it sounds like you, that's kind of yeah. how you're tackling it. Yeah, totally. Anything that's like, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it like a pay to win craft, like alchemy, where it's just a matter of getting regents. Well, or... Yeah, uh, Black Dragon is saying this here. You can buy all the ingots. Well, if you can find them to buy. Oh, man. Uh, I know you can. And the price of those is probably only going to go up. So, yeah, the it's one of those things where it's like, okay, how much time am I going to spend every day crafting katanas um, to ever offset the investment, which is probably going to be a million gold or more? I, I don't know. It's going to be a lot. I don't. I would rather be in, you know, killing something. So um, probably <laughs> yeah. not going to go crazy with the crafters again. So if you're hoping I would, then sorry. All right. Well, as usual, I, I hate to to shut this down because it's it's like the more we talk, the cooler the conversation gets. But uh, I think we, we got to wrap this up. Mind trip. You want to take us out? Yeah. Um... Shout out to Owen. Thanks for getting us up on the announcements. We've had a really great turnout tonight. 
And uh, thanks for uh, Stormy. Uh, this has been awesome to have you on. Um, I'm running a tamer, so it's extra awesome for me. But uh, well, thanks for having me. It's been it's been fun. You uh, you definitely were one of those players. People were starting to wonder if you were duping gold. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. getting the getting the explanation out there is a really good thing. Um, gives people a little bit of um, hope that they can also accumulate a pile of gold. Yeah, the truth is, it's just a but, grind. Uh, just a grind. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. It's, um, we'll try to get this edited and up uh, in a couple of days here. If uh, if you want to catch it on the feeds, it's pretty much everywhere now. Uh, Papa Carl is doing it on his Twitch stream and hope to get an edited version out on YouTube. So hopefully soon we'll be everywhere. Yeah, uh, listen to our other podcast, The Sandbox, at uh, sandboxpodcast.com. We kind of cover general gaming. Of course, while I'm playing Outlands, there will be Outlands talk on there. Just, you know, in an hour-long episode, it'll be five, ten minutes, and the rest will be, you know, your typical modern-day gaming type of stuff and other sandbox games. All right, guys. Uh, check you later. Peace. Thanks, uh, Stormy. Thank you.